I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. We here at the NeuroNerds stand with our black brothers and sisters. We want to use our podcast as a platform to amplify black voices. This is a series of interviews I'm going to be doing with black stroke and brain injury survivors. In this episode, I'm interviewing Katura White, a model, a stroke survivor, and an advocate from Arkansas. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. Say it every week, mean it every week. This is a very special episode. And my very special guest on this very special episode is my friend Katora. Katora, how are you doing? I'm awesome. How are you guys? Hey, second time around. I say second time around because we tried this uh, a couple of weeks ago. If you could think of any technical issue, we had them all. The internet disappeared. We had like issues with the computer connecting <laughs> like you name it it was a thing so this yeah, is another yeah, episode yeah. of a series that i'm doing called amplify black voices and katora is a beautiful black woman stroke survivor dealing with all the stuff the world's been throwing at her basically your entire life <laughs> so if you wouldn't mind tell us a little bit, <laughs> bit about your story katora how, how you had uh, your stroke how you became part of this community Okay, I always start off by sharing the story of my mother, and that is because that actually loops into why I had the strokes. So my mom was told she couldn't have kids, and during her chemo and radiation due to a brain tumor, about four months in, they found out she was pregnant with me. So I got her chemo and radiation for at least 16 weeks. They were able to tell I was a girl by that time. So she stopped her chemo and radiation, and an attempt to save my life. I was born at seven months via emergency C-section and they lost my mother twice during that time. She did live long enough to raise me for a few years. She got a chance to raise me a bit. And the reason that I always make sure I include that, not just because of that makes me who I am, but also because with me being born that early, it created basically a PFO. When you're born, everybody takes that big breath and cries. But since I was born so early, I didn't take that first big breath. So that part of the heart did not close. 
I did not know about that, but my lovely family did. They're like, what did you think a heart murmur was? Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> I had the same face. <laughs> yes. So at the age of 26, you guys, y'all might hear me laugh. I have a dark sense of humor. I'm so sorry about that. That's okay. That's um, why we get along. I had, my, <laughs> I had my very first stroke while trying to save somebody else's life on 911. Huh. Oh I know, right? Wow. <laughs> In the words, I'm channeling my inner Gordon Ramsay tonight. F me, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes, most definitely. Um, had my first one. Went home, which was 20 minutes. I drove home. You drove home after a stroke. I just want to clarify that. Yes. Great. Yes, I got off work at 6 a.m. and drove home to Rogers, which is 20 minutes from my PD. I was at and. You know how somebody's like playing the bass and it's women and you're like real irritated when they're driving by your house with the bass. <laughs> yeah. That is what my head felt like. It felt like oh. the bass was going. I had I... never experienced anything like that. So got up to go back to work, um, getting dressed. Wait, so you went home, you fell asleep and then you got up and you're like, oh, I'm going to go. Well, you stayed home and you were going to go back into work. Yes. Wow. Okay. Hey, I was a, you know, mother of two at the time and I needed to work. You do what you do what you need to do. I, I understand that. Yeah, and plus nine one one, you kinda can't really just call out much unless, you know, literally life and death and I didn't know it was life and death at that point. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm on the floor. Luckily my kid's dad was there. I managed to shimmy over to the door on my back and unlock the door. And he uh Ended up talking to my boss, and she thought I was on drugs. She was like, what is wrong with her? Her speech is slurred. And she was like, no, I'll get her to the hospital. So got to the hospital, and all hell basically was breaking loose at the hospital. So I kind of didn't see anybody for a while. What's a while? Think about a whole bunch of cold blues being called, and you see priests and stuff running around because it's like a Catholic hospital. It, it was a lot going on. I was there for a few hours before I was seen. Wow, a few hours. Yes, it only oh presented God. like a headache. So, you know, I wasn't really just an emergency Yeah, you, you weren't basically like a priority because it just seemed like, oh, right. she just has a bad headache. Yes, but months before that, I was misdiagnosed and given anxiety medication when I really had tiny little clots passing through my heart, through that hole in my heart. So when I got back there, they kept asking. They were very focused on asking, have you tried to hurt yourself? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I kept telling them I didn't. They gave me a CT scan, a pain shot, and sent me home. And after that, I had another stroke after they sent me home. Boom, number three. So while I'm getting dressed for work that following night, because I was still about to go to work, the hospital called back. It's like, we found something. We need you to come in. So they have been watching me all my life. I've been getting MRIs all my life since I was a kid because of the fact that my mother had a brain tumor while she was pregnant with me. So they'll check me. We were fully expecting to hear that I had a tumor. So just imagine my surprise when they're like, oh, so you've had strokes and I'm 26 years old. And I'm like, wow. It's, wow, that is, that's kind of, that's really would take you somewhere else because you're expecting, hey, I'm expecting to hear the word tumor. And instead of tumor, it's like, oh, strokes. That's insane yeah you you know what i think happened i think the radiation that was flowing through your little baby body turned you into a superhero and that's how you were able to survive <laughs> multiple strokes and continue moving forward not only did you get through work but you were oh i'm just gonna you know get up and go back into work that's insane katora 
Hey, you actually say the same thing that my kid's dad says. He calls me. He was like, oh, you got some of that uh, that nuclear-ish going through your body. Like, you you got superpowers and stuff. I'm like, yeah, can I be a, you, may I be an Avenger, please? Like, yeah, no, no, for sure. You're, you're, you're a mutant, for sure. You know, that's... It's, hey, that's I would pretty, take a mutant. <laughs> that's hey, you know insane. what? They did say I favor, um, on one of my modeling photos, they did say I favor Domino off of Deadpool. <gasps> Oh, with the hair okay. you actually do. The hair is killing it. Yeah, you could definitely be Domino. I, I <laughs> definitely see that. You could also be Wolverine because for some reason you survived strokes and you were able to still function. That's that's pretty amazing. Wow. That is it's just that's just such a, a, a wild story. How long were you in the hospital? The first go round, I was there for a few days. They pretty much told my kids dad okay well if her face is drooping bring her back and he was like oh that's all y'all gonna tell me <laughs> so got home i was like look i really want to take a shower i started to go numb in the shower he was like you know what i'm taking you to a different hospital we're not going back over there so they kept me a few days and that hospital is the one that told me i had three within 24 hours i didn't know the first hospital didn't tell me that of course not now why, why do you think that is <laughs> oh like do i really need to answer that yeah know. yeah well no because yeah. i think we i think we all know you know especially in the climate that we're in right now i mean you know if you send somebody home and then you a secondary person finds it later you know you're kind of trying not to get sued but we're gonna whew, i'm a hush <laughs> you know so that there's a a huge issue with ethnic people and hospitals Okay, Mm -hmm. so you being a and specifically black women in hospitals, whether it's going through pregnancies, whether it's being, you know, going through a stroke, you don't get the same amount of care that a woman that a a Caucasian woman would get, you know, and I don't think I've ever heard of a doctor sending someone home saying, well, if her face droops, bring her back. I don't think that's a thing. That's not normal. Yeah, we didn't think so either. Um, It's funny that you mentioned that because. Literally, one of my friends that I look at as a big sister, she was literally just talking to me about that this morning, about the fact that because she did, she has such a hard time with her delivery and things. And there's other people that we know of color who have had such a hard time. And the best we can do right now is just advocate for ourselves and do what we can. I try to tell people that all the time, because even when I got sick, I had to I went to the hospital and had them run tests because my doctor didn't do it. So I went to the ER. He was like, I think your flu is becoming pneumonia. And I went to the hospital. I'm like, no, I don't don't believe him right now. Went to the hospital. They're like, oh, sweetie, you already have pneumonia. Okay, anyway, but you saw my face. So as long as you saw my face, nobody else needed to know what I just said. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. No, that that's that's it's it's a problem. That's that's a huge problem. I always tell people you need to advocate for yourselves. Mm-hmm. If you're if you feel something, nobody knows what you're feeling except for you. If you go to a doctor and the doctor says, "Well, you shouldn't be feeling this." Okay, yes, but I do. And if he sends you away, go find another doctor. You you just have to, mm-hmm. you know, like it's your it's your body, it's your mind, it's your everything. You have to make sure you keep on going until you're satisfied with the answers that you get, you know? I just can't believe that you had three strokes in 24 hours and they were just like, well, you know, you're just go home. Go home. They sent you home, Katora. That's crazy. You know, I'm very grateful that when I went home that I didn't go to sleep and not wake up. Yeah, that's you know, that's that's a, a beautiful way to look at it. You know, you're hey, and and the most important thing is that you're here. 
you know like you 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 made it you're you're a real life superhero and you're here where do you live katora bentonville arkansas and for those of you who do not know what that is where that is bentonville usa think walmart and sam's club home office i live down the street from walmart corporate (laughs) (laughs) so every time i hear the word arkansas i just think wow that seems like a very tolerant open community no i think the opposite i think it's a very shockingly caucasian area with a you know with a ton of of and I'm, I'm not trying to you know just really shit all over Arkansas. I'm not. I know people <laughs> from Arkansas. It, it's a very Caucasian dominant area, and they're not very tolerant to other cultures and other ethnicities. Am I am I right or am I wrong with that? You know what? In the area that I am in, we actually have the largest Marshallese population in the United States. Wow. That's been happening. Yes, Marshallese. Uh, we have a large Hispanic population as well. There are not many people of my ethnicity up here. There are some black people here. But yeah, as far as you know, what you're saying, tolerant and things of that nature, we are kind of close to KKK headquarters, which is in Harrison. Yeah, we're, we're pretty wow. close to that. I think maybe an hour. That must make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And did you grow up in Arkansas? Yes, I am originally from Helena, West Helena, Arkansas, right off the mighty Mississippi. <laughs> okay, so uh, yes, yeah, so you speak of Mississippi. There's another very tolerant place. Um, so let Ooh. me ask you a question. Growing <laughs> up, did you run into a lot of issues with racism? Actually, no. In my city, the majority of us uh, are black in that area. We did have, you know, our other whites, a few white students and things like that. I didn't really hardly deal with anything like that until maybe I was about 16 and I went to a hockey game. I believe it's called the Memphis River Kings, I believe. Yeah, sitting behind a white family and the little kid turned around, Mommy, there's a black girl behind us. I was like... Really? It, I look at this mom like, okay, get your kid. That was my first time, really. <laughs> it, it seems very uncomfortable. It seems like it would be very, very uh, uncomfortable for me, you know, um, to just to, to, to be in, a, in an area where I know I'm being looked at differently. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us, too, and get different perks and gifts depending on which NeuroJedi tier you sign up for. For example... If you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuro nerds. The majority where I'm from when I dispatched back home, because that's where I started, doing that one more and back in 2008 you know i was used to everything there and actually one thing that someone said to me when they found out i was moving up here oh yeah no you're not no you yeah you shouldn't do that (laughs) and i was like well you know but here is really the best schools in the state i want what's best for my children where i am from it got very dangerous and their father was just to the point like no you leave and put in your notice. So I'm very happy where I am. I love it here. And the thing is that when we, I guess you could say just me, I've always been pretty much a people person. So especially with everything I do now, I have to be able to just 
regardless of what's thrown at me, I have to roll with it. So even yeah, I'm a, mm. look. I had to I had to take a break. Like uh, I did. I was literally the only black dispatcher at the PD. Well, you you move forward because you're uh, number one. You're a superhero. You're also a mom. You know, which is a, being a superhero in and of itself. That just wow. Also, that's a very high stress job that you have. Just thinking about, I don't. I wouldn't be able to do that. I honestly, I don't think I'd be able to do that. I would probably take too much of that home with me. You know. I think at some point you kind of have to try not to be desensitized. You have to kind of realize some of that stuff. I mean, you do what you can. I had to realize at some point, hey, that wasn't on me. I did what I could. I did absolutely everything that I could. And, you know, sometimes you are heartbroken after that because I've had babies to, you know, I had to do CPR on that didn't make it. There are people whose last breath was on the phone with me. People have committed suicide on the phone. The last thing they ever heard was my country little accent, okay? So I <laughs> I did. I felt some way about that. I was like, dog, the last thing they heard was this accent. Oh, you know? Hey, I got to say, it's actually a very pleasant accent. I'm not even mad about that. That's just a very heavy thing to deal with, like emotionally, you know? I think that would just be, be draining. That being said, the climate of the world today, Katora, it's a little crazy, there's a lot going on in this world, especially in the black community. There's a lot of, you know, well, we saw what happened with George Floyd, Mar Arbery. Like there, there is so much happening and you live in Arkansas. I can't stress that enough. You live in Arkansas. It's crazy. Do you have any, any thoughts and feels of how the world is kind of, you know, what the world's going through right now? You know, it's absolutely crazy what we have been dealing with, you know, with COVID-19 and all of that. I really feel like the George Floyd situation and Amar Arbery and oh and y'all can we please not forget Breonna Taylor? Breonna like, Taylor, hey, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like we're not we're not even mentioning her enough, to be honest. The climate that we're in, we honestly all need each other. And it's so much going on. People are stuck in the house. People are depressed and struggling right now. And people have nothing better to do than go around trolling and bothering other people at this point. You don't know what somebody else is going through. And that one ignorant thing that you say might be the straw that breaks the camel's back and makes that person hurt themselves. Right. You know, people are struggling. Right. And as far as all of that goes, we just have to Really? Because me, one thing I've been asking God to do is to help me discipline my mouth because you didn't heard me cussing before. Yes, you have. Sorry, y'all. I know my pastor. <laughs> hey, my pastor Corbin said he was going to listen to this podcast. So, pastor, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> look, I am so sorry, pastor. Pastor, I've spoken to Katura several times. This is the longest she's gone without cursing since I've met oh, her. Oh, you did not have to throw me under the bus. Woo. You didn't have to do me like that. Because now he's going to tell my grandma on me because she's the mother of the church. Well, Mother Russell, mm-mm, don't do it, y'all. Yeah, this climate right now is absolutely crazy. And I really think we can all just learn from each other. But instead of doing that, people are like literally harassing people. And I'm just sitting here asking God, hey, do me a favor. Help me discipline my tongue because my mouth I already I've been asking because I am not I am not going. It's hard. It's hard. So so for me, I, I, I think I'm I'm for the most part, I'm very disciplined, especially after my stroke. I've been patience was never one of my virtues. But now I'm like, OK, I, I, I got it. So I hear and I see ridiculous things that, that are going on. And what helps me is I take a step back and I'm like, wow. 
I can't control the idiocy that's going on, the evil, the hate. I can't control that. All I can do is control how I react to it. And if I feed into that, I'm literally just throwing gasoline on a fire. Just like you them. Yeah. I try to replace that with love and care. So if they're being disgusting, I'm just going to put back into the world as much of myself as I can. And I, you know, I, I think I'm a pretty good person for the most part. So all of that that they're putting out. And I also think how this is what helps me and, and it might help you too. I think about these people that are saying these disgusting things, these people that are saying these the the racist, the sexist, the the all the bigotry, all of the these things, these horrific things they're saying. I just think about wow, what a sad, miserable person you are that you have to mm-hmm. say these things to make yourself feel better about yourself. That's really sad. So, I'm not even angry most of the time with the other side. I'm disgusted, yes, but I feel bad. Like, that's what it is. It's pity. I pity these people. It's so sad that these people are this way, and that's how they either get their kicks or that's how they feel like a big man or a big woman by, you know, belittling other people. I just see it as sad, so I don't even let it affect me that way. Absolutely. And, you know, you and I have talked before, and I told you, like, for me, it's it's been very hard for me because... Not only am I former a former dispatcher, but my father's former Atlanta PD. I have two brothers that are officers right now, um, and my aunt is a former officer as well. And it's really hard. I even have I still have dispatch friends. I still have officer friends, and it's been really rough because when George Floyd, when that situation happened for an officer who's supposed to be my friend, who I've taken up for and had their back, for them to be comfortable enough with me to say, well, you need to just be careful what side you choose. And I immediately looked at my skin and like, I know you lying. Like I told him, how dare you talk to me like that? Like, how dare you? There is a side, you know, the, the, the side of good. I'm on the side of good. I'm not on the side of evil. You know, I always refer back to Tupac because I'm a huge Tupac fan. Be, be, be a Tupac <laughs> fan too, Katora. He, yes. he, he says, he'll, he'll always say, you know, um, when I say us versus them, I'm not talking about black versus white. I'm talking good versus evil. Good versus evil. Absolutely. So I'm on the side of good, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's this big wave now that's going around. And and I'm sure you've heard it, too, because you have a lot of family and friends that are police officers. Blue lives matter. Okay. Blue is a color. Blue is not a life. Okay. Oh, man. It's 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 not. Okay. Like these what's happening in the world needs to change. It's no, you you can uh, attack. You don't need to. to No, you you just need. No, because they're going to get upset with me about. That's okay. I'm telling you, they're going to come for my neck, Joe. They're going to come for me on this. I don't get me wrong. I love my good officers. Let's make sure we put good. Okay. I love them. But let's be clear. This skin right here, we can't get rid of that. They put, they choose to put that uniform on. That is, my brothers have a love for people and to help people. So there are huge hearts behind those badges. So I'm with them all the way on that. That's what you choose to do. And the people that I've worked with are absolutely amazing. The people that have trained me, like even even the detectives that have trained me, I'm trained in hostage negotiation and all that stuff. So, you know, they've made sure that I am who I am today. So I always have tried to make sure that I back them. Now, if you're wrong, then, honey, we're going to call it like it is. Plain oh, that's and all it is. Wrong mm-hmm. is wrong. You you call it for what it is, what has been happening. And it's not just this one incident. This has been going on literally my entire life. 
Okay. Right? I just turned 43. I know it's amazing. You're looking at me you're like, Joe, clearly you're no older than 25 years old. I mean, you, you've been using me? some nice skin cream from Sephora. You, have a, <laughs> <laughs> you got your points in. So for 43 years of my life, I have seen this over and over and over again, whether it be in person, whether it be on VHS back in the day, and now it's on Twitter, it's everywhere. This is just, it's a pattern that just keeps repeating itself. Something needs to change. And I really feel that things are are changing now and this is going to stick because of this. I'm, I'm holding up my phone. This the revolution will be televised. It will be televised. Thank you. It will I be. Agree. Everything yes. is, is being recorded mm-hmm. and it's it's here. It's the not going will anywhere. Be televised. Yep. <laughs> Have you tried deleting something off your phone? Yeah, it's a process. This stuff isn't going anywhere. It's also backed up on your computers and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all of the all of these videos, they're not going away. You can't say, well, no, the proof is in the pudding. It's there. Change needs to happen. It just does and when it comes to cops i'm a big fan of like we need police we do we we need help when we need help we should not fear cops i i have had this this uncomfortable knot in my stomach since Mm -hmm. the early 90s when i had some run-ins with some not so savory police officers you know (laughs) it's it's very uncomfortable so when i see a cop even now as a grown-ass man i still have that discomfort in the pit of my stomach that needs to change now when you say good cops and bad cops look if you have 10 bad cops and then you have 90 good cops but those 90 good cops don't do anything Mm -hmm. and don't say anything about the atrocities that they see from those 10 bad cops then you now have 100 bad cops look you're in a position to serve and protect right who are you serving and protecting the, the the racist bigot the the evil sociopath or like is that what you're serving and protecting or the people you know you have to serve the people so if you see something as a police officer yeah it sucks it's one of your own but one of your own to be honest that's not one of your own it's it's not those people are making giving you know you a, a bad name they they are and it's one blue family okay some family members need to go to jail they do I'm sorry it's, <laughs> <laughs> so be so being in a family full of police officers and people who you know work in law enforcement, you have a different perspective because you've seen it from the other side. Has your family been affected by a lot of this stuff? Well, honestly, right now, what's on my heart to say to you is what I told you before, and how this works is for others. The talk is about sex. But for people of color, especially blacks, the talk is about how to stay alive when you encounter and engage with an officer. And that's that's real. And I'm sorry, some of y'all going to be offended, but let's be clear. I needed to say it. I have three black sons. I have black sons and I have to sit there and tell my son, hey, I know it's cold, but you can't have your hands in your pocket. Like, I shouldn't have to do that. Like, that is some real stuff. I'm that type of parent. Yeah, I'm that type of parent. No, my son, when he, my oldest, when he was younger, he stole a chocolate bunny out of Walmart. And I'm like smelling chocolate in my truck. And I'm like looking in the back. I'm like, I didn't buy that. What did my crazy self do? Call Walmart. Hey, this is what's going on. They were like, oh, wow, parents don't usually do that. Okay, well, either way, go. I'm taking my kid to the police department. Went up there, let them scare him to death real quick and went on to the house. Like, I totally believe in that. My children were raised around police, except for my youngest. Because I've been out of dispatch since uh, 2013. 
So, yeah, my family, you know, I've been really terrified for them because with my brothers being law enforcement and people feeling the way that they do about officers, like you should have seen, I'm sure you saw maybe Facebook, people were talking about taking officers out. I was oh, terrified yeah. for them. I've heard of people setting up, you know, fake incidents to get police in certain spots, basically setting them up. That's, that that's is scary. A, a ambush. That is a yeah. real thing. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. As a brain injury or a stroke survivor like myself, it's hard for me to get through reading books due to my injury. But with Audible, I can now enjoy as many books as I want just by listening. Because of my stroke, it's hard to get through reading books. But thanks to Audible, I can listen to stroke survivor Kavita Bossi's book, Room 23. Once it popped up on Audible, I immediately put it on my wish list. Read Kavita's book with us. That's right. The Neuro Nerds have a book club. What a great way for our brain injury survivor community to read books together. And even if you don't want to read the book we're reading, with this free trial, you can select any book of your choice for free. Go to audibletrial.com slash the neuro nerd. Boom. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, last time we spoke about a couple of times where I had encounters with officers after I got out of dispatch. And for those of you who do not know what we're talking about, because a series of unfortunate events that did not make it (laughs) up to the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) a young lady was getting uh, assaulted. I guess maybe a piece of my mail was in the guy's apartment, because I am in an apartment, so maybe he got a piece of my mail. She gave my address. The PD shows up at my house. Pretty much, you know, I'm folding laundry. My children are eating dinner. Their dad came by to see them. And somebody knocks on my door claiming to be the police. I'm like, yeah, I didn't call. So, yeah, no, this is a one way in, one way out type of apartment. Okay. I wasn't opening my door without verifying. So I said, okay, show me your badge. They wouldn't do it. They told me that was a safety risk, basically. I'm like, "Uh, it's a peephole, honey. Hold it up. You know? (laughs) So I'm calling dispatch. I called 911. They're like, oh, they called out his badge number. She's on the phone. No, she is not. I'm somebody else. I'm like, I need to verify you got men at my door. My kid's dad is about to open the door. I'm like, dude, you are huge. You are not opening that door. I open the door. There, the gun is in my face. The service weapon is dead in my face. My kids are sitting over there eating, looking like, uh, and you know, I understand because of the fact that people do ambush in and it took me so long to answer the door because I was verifying. I understand why his weapon was out. So I calmly said, I need you to get that ish out of my face. He looked around, realized this is not where the incident was occurring and was like, he took off. And then the partner stayed to talk to me. He was like, are you sure? I'm like, I am positive. So at that point, they're running around trying to find this girl. And from my, I talked to the supervisor later and I'm like, he said, ma'am, we never found her. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm hoping she's all right. Okay. But yeah, we have this, (laughs) we have that type of stuff, you know, you had a gun drawn in my face with your children in the house. Now here's the thing, your your guy, I remember you sent me a picture of your guy That's a very large human being. He really, he looked like an offensive lineman. What's sad to me is if he would have answered the door, who knows what the reaction would have been. Yeah. That's why my small self did it. <laughs> That's frightening to me. And the fact that you did that with so much grace and so it's you're such a brave woman, you know, like you, you really are a superhero, Katora. 
I'm still brokenhearted with the fact that the talk isn't about the birds and the bees. The talk is, I have to tell you these things because if I don't, your life is actually at risk. That's so scary to me. For those of you who watch Grey's Anatomy, even Grey's Anatomy has covered it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, Dr. Bailey and her husband, Dr. Ben Warren, who's now also on Station 19, there was an incident where an officer shot a black kid that was trying to left his key in the house and he was trying to get in through the window. And he was trying to explain to the officers what happened. And when he tried, I guess maybe he tried to reach for his phone to call his parents and he got shot in the neck. So, um, yeah, that was a rough episode for me because I have sons and it's very rough. It's a whole rough situation. And I try my best to be understanding. <laughs> Look, I try, but I have issued that statement because their dads are already like, if anything happens, you need to let them know we're not saved. Oh, OK. Well, I, <laughs> they're like, oh. I'm like, OK, well, I ain't in that. It's absolutely a rough thing to endure and people don't understand what all we deal with. Like me, I try to stay calm. I even had an incident with an officer where I kind of had to call her out because she's over there acting a certain type of way and in my personal space. And I had to say, uh, I'm going to need you to back up. No, what you're going to do, ma'am, listen to me. You can call. And I gave her the name of the PD I used to work at. I said, they can vouch for me. I'm a good person. You need to back up. Your vest should not be touching my chest. Blah, blah, blah. You know what, ma'am? You're trying to get me to knock you out, but I'm not going about your business. I pay the rent here. I need you to leave. Like, I'm I'm not finna. No. One thing that I'd let people know about me, I lost my mom at a young age. I'm doing everything I can to make sure my children have me. I'm mm-hmm. not finna be up here dying for nobody because somebody was hot-headed and wanted to be all, you know, they just were looking for somebody to hurt. No. My girl ain't finna hit you. Let me go on back in here. I'm all ready to miss my deadline on my essay, my paper I'm supposed to send in. That's a whole zero fooling with you. Like, don't. Go on about your business. Or as we say sometimes, leave me be. Okay? <laughs> That's another thing with um uh, officers. It's the that attitude. It's that you know, I'm going to poke, I'm going to poke, I'm going to poke just because I can, you know, not because I need to, it's because I can. And you're going to do this because I have this power. It's like this Napoleon complex. You're such a small person that you have to, you know, you have to carry a big stick and talk really, really loudly to show how important you are. Like that's, that's not okay. That's, that's like not okay. <laughs> like the short guys. They get the big exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, I've been a couple of those. Let us pray. Mm, okay. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I, I feel. I feel bad for them if, if they had to. What I'm, doing? I'm like, let us pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't need a Dodge Ram. Actually, my ideal car is a Mini Cooper. So that speaks volumes about me. <laughs> you look kind of tall. Can you even fit in a Mini Cooper? Uh, yeah. I, I might not. I'm six foot two. I might not. My my oh, knees no, would be touching the wheel. <laughs> You're going to be in the definition of lean back. You in the back seat of the car. The issues with, you know, the 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 police, it's mm-hmm. it's ongoing. It's ongoing. Like okay, so now you hear defund the police department. Now when people hear that, people oh, well, we need police. Look, defunding the police does not mean we're going to abolish the they're not saying abolish the police. They're not. They're saying, look, this is where I tell people Katora constantly, do your own research. Look at how much money gets pumped in to the military, to the police department. Just look at the money that goes there, okay? 
and then compare that to the money that goes into the schools mm-hmm. to daycare. Do the comparisons. Now, if we took a fraction of the money that goes into the police and we put that into community projects, if we put that into, you know, local businesses, things like that, imagine what would happen. Actually, it's happened in certain small cities and the results are tremendous, you know? Maybe you can help out the homeless community bit, you know? Exactly. We have a huge homeless problem. Now, that goes into a whole other thing. There's a lot of mental issues with people with homeless people. You know, it, it, that face speaks volumes, you know? Man. But if we, if we pumped in some of this money that we're putting to protect people from evil, which in turn is turning the people who are supposed to be protecting us, it's turning them evil. You know? You know how they say ultimate power corrupts? That's kind of what we're doing with the police. They have ultimate power and there are no repercussions. There are things that they can do. And then it's just like, well, that's okay. Well, that's just, that's just what happens. You know, why not revamp everything? Why not take some of this money and pump it into other aspects of the community? Right. And also why not take some of this money and pump it into some training, not a six month training. How long did you have to train to be a dispatcher? I believe we did like a 90 day training. Okay, it doesn't take much longer to be a police officer, carry a gun. I honestly, they only have to go, I think, a certain amount of just a few months, actually. It's not really that long. It, it's I, not. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Back when I, uh, at my first PD, the, uh, one of the detectives asked me to be a secretary. But in order for me to do that, I had to go through the academy. And I'm going to be honest with each of you. I'm a person who knows. Joe, look at me when I say this. I know good and well. You guys, for those of you who do not know, I am a model. I am about five foot seven, 135 pounds, kind of small, okay? So if I see a big dude charging at me and I know he can kill me by just hitting me one time and break my neck, oh, baby. They gonna get emptied into that man. Do you hear me? No, I knew I shouldn't be an officer. <laughs> you know what? But you it. know that and some of them know they shouldn't either. Some of them you know, know they that. Shouldn't. And I appreciate, I appreciate the <laughs> fact that you know that. Now here's here's my problem. Okay, it's even the, the 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 small officers with that Napoleon complex. Okay, it's the ones, and we're seeing it more and more now. Even after all of this, this is what drives me crazy, Katora. We're looking at the footage of officers handcuffing children i just saw something a a few days ago there was two eight-year-olds two uh, yes and and what what ethnicity are they you know what's their ethnic oh yeah two black eight-year-old children with handcuffs on how disgusting is that as a man as a woman you know as a, a a somebody who's there to protect and serve you put handcuffs on a child that's disgusting okay if it wasn't two black children those two white children, do you really think, do you honestly think that the exact same thing would have happened? This is what drives me crazy. We're all one people, right? We're, we're all equal. We're supposed <laughs> to be. We're supposed to be. We're clearly right. not. And then there's that, 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 oh my God, Katora, it's that bullshit argument. Yeah, but all lives matter. Okay. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not saying that only black lives matter. What we're saying is for We are the ones in danger right now. Let me do that clap. We are in danger right now. Thank you. Okay. For decades. No, for you Christians. For those of you who claim you are Christian. Okay, because I am. I can back up all mine with scripture. So don't play with me. Amen. Okay. That cussing, I'm doing better, okay? So don't even try to use that against me later, all right? So here we go. The way that I can explain it, and I've seen explained, 
the story of the 100 when that one sheep goes on about his business, you know, wanders off. He goes after that one. It's not that those other 99 did not matter, but that one was in danger. Baby, black lives are in danger. And don't even act like it ain't because y'all saw it on tape for yourselves. And let's be clear, right now we're starting to see that. But can you please just imagine what has been going on that we have not seen, what has not been recorded? Y'all got to come on with it. I'm really tired of y'all acting like, oh, well, this and that. Well, y'all, matter of fact, Joe, we did not do my disclaimer. All right, guys, we're going to have to throw this in there. I need to do this now. I did let, I am advocacy chair for Urban League Northwest Arkansas. I am also an actual spokesperson for the American Heart Association. Yes, y'all, I'm a 2017 National Stroke Hero Award recipient. And I am also Diversity and Inclusion Task Force for Junior League of Northwest Arkansas. I know y'all are going to see that on my social media. So before y'all be over there trying to do a cancel culture on me, let me be clear. My views and what's coming out of my mouth is not the views of those organizations that I am associated with. Boom. So don't try doing all that. And also, y'all will see that I've done a ton of work with Northwest Arkansas Fashion Week. That's how I started modeling. Don't be going after my CEO either. Thank you. I will say this, though. <laughs> Everything that you're saying, there isn't one thing that you're saying that is out of line. It, it's not. And unfortunately, the fact that it's just, whoa, well, it makes people feel uncomfortable. People are going to think, oh, well, you shouldn't be saying that. Just because you're uncomfortable does not mean what she's saying is wrong. These are the facts. Uh, people of color are uncomfortable every single day. So now what? Look, it's been it's been <laughs> decades and decades and decades where, to be honest, yes. black lives have not mattered. No. People just don't care. As a people, you guys have been dying you guys have been persecuted for so long. And now people are like opening their eyes. They're seeing these videos. And they're like, oh, my God, this is like happening. Yes, this has been happening forever. Thanks to our sponsor, Avid Technology, for providing us with the tools, or should I say pro tools, to record, edit, and mix our podcast and get our message out clearly to the world. Try Avid first to start recording today for free at avid.com slash pro dash tools. Yay. Yay. I say this every single time I, I do, you know, uh, Amplify Black Voices episode, okay? This officer clearly saw a camera in his face, clearly, and didn't do anything different. Knew he was doing wrong, but still had that entitlement in theory. Not, look, he, he knew that nothing was going to happen to him. Like, listen, <laughs> look, we're getting deep. We're going to go deep. Okay, look, I'm coming out the jacket. Here's the deal. This is what we saw, and he knew he was being recorded. Just imagine what goes on when there are no cameras around. Imagine when this is happening at 2 o'clock in the morning in an alley with no one around. Imagine what goes on. That should make everybody very upset. It should make everybody very uncomfortable. It should make everybody mad. Be angry. You should be. You know, that's a very big thing because um, one thing, Joe, one thing we haven't mentioned yet, I uh, when I did mention my work as advocacy chair with Urban League, we are working to bridge the gap. We are working along with our local PDs, learning the protocols and things of that nature, doing Citizens Academy, doing National Night Out. Actually, when I came up here, my uh, PD, Springdale PD, did not have National Night Out. They had never heard of it. What happened after I left after my strokes? 
National Night Out. <laughs> Y'all are welcome. All right. So that National Night Out is very important. It is, you know, for the officers to engage with the community and build a, you know, build a rapport, have a relationship. I basically told them, you know, that's really big because not just for parents, because, you know, some children do have shysty parents. No, don't tell the police nothing. But the thing is, a child needs to know, hey, I'm in trouble and that's who can help me. I do not need to be afraid to go for help. But then, you know, it's just pretty much that's how I feel about it. That's how I saw it. I'm like, you guys, you guys have to do this. This is something huge. Y'all know y'all got some kids with some shysty parents out there. Those babies need to know, hey, I need if I need refuge. Hey, they're going officer. Let me find the nearest officer, maybe even the nearest firehouse. Yeah, that's something. what it should be. It's mm-hmm. we've gotten so far away from that where it's like, wow, somebody is breaking into my home. I don't want to call the police. They're going to think they're going to think I'm the one that's breaking. That's so frightening. You know, that's such that's so scary. But so that needs to happen. The the community actually needs to work with the police department. It does. Now, speaking of defunding the police, how about we take a little chunk of that money? Let's just take a percentage and pump it into what you're doing. Pump it into Urban League. Imagine the, the, the good work that you're doing. Imagine if you had actual funding funding for it, you know? Hey, we are working on so much right now back to school drives and everything and right now you know we're coming up on voting and all that good stuff and guess who all that falls under (laughs) so so, yeah i'm about to be very busy this season coming up and things like that but it is an absolute must that the gap be bridged like it has to be done it's we can't sit here and just be absolutely terrified every time we see a police cruiser right it's not that's no way to live Right. That is absolutely. I actually I got pulled over on the interstate maybe like a year ago and it was almost dark. Like I see the guy pulling out from McDonald's and I'm about to get on the interstate and I'm looking at him and somebody got between us. So I'm going. I get over. He ends up pulling me over. He was like, you were going 90. Sir, first of all, I've been watching you since you pulled out of McDonald's parking lot. So I know you lying. I've been watching my speed limit. (laughs) (laughs) And he was an Asian officer. And he's like, you know, and it was getting dark. And I'm sitting here and I literally, for the first time, I started to cry because I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening and why I'm getting pulled over because I knew I wasn't speeding. I was crying. And he was like, no, I'm a minority too. Baby, ain't nobody finna shoot you. You Asian. Like, I'm sorry, y'all, if that sounds racist, but we're going off of what's happening right now. Black lives, yes, we're going off of that. I was like, nobody's going to shoot you. (laughs) I'm like, no, sir. (laughs) That was literally what I said to him. He was like, I'm a minority too. I'm scared too. I'm like, no, nobody's going to shoot you. I literally told him. (laughs) Yeah, you might be scared. It's a different type of fear. It I'm is. like, yeah, like we are not the same in this moment. I'm terrified. I've been pulled over before where a guy even told me, because I that one time, y'all, I'm not gonna I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I was speeding. I was like uh, early 20s. I was speeding. I was You're hitting. In a hurry. <laughs> yeah, it was late at night and I was trying to get, you know, to where I was going. And the guy pulled me over. And he wrote the ticket. But on the ticket, you have to put your place of business. He said. Where do you work? I said, hell no, what's hell in the PD? Why didn't you tell me I wouldn't have wrote the ticket? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, for real? Ah, we'll, we'll tear it up then. <laughs> do me a favor then. 
my turn up, Sam. That's that. That's that. Um, that that inner circle thing. Which look, I I understand that. Like in, being a, in the brain injury community, Katora. To be honest, I'm on your side. I'm always yeah. going to be on your side, right? But look, oh, if family. you if you if you do something, it's a little crazy. Oh, you gonna call me out? I'm not gonna let that pass. I'm not. I'm gonna get a because, whole phone call from you. <laughs> yeah, look, because because I'm a human being. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, Katora's okay. doing some crazy shit, Joe. It's like, hey, let, I don't have to have a talk. <laughs> you know, I can't just say, oh, well, you're you have the a brain injury like I do, so it, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. R- again, Tupac, good and evil. If you're on the side of, of good, we're family. We are ready to go. We are good. You know what? You know? Everybody does not have that mindset. Cause there was a guy that inboxed me a while back and he was talking to me. He was like saying he was a stroke survivor as well. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we can we can uh, you know, vibe on that. That's cool. But when all of this happened, he asked the question why we feel the way we feel. I gave an easy example. I was like, hey, what about when old dude went and shot up a church? And then it was still was full ammunition and they took him into custody with no incident, you know, even took old dude to eat afterwards. But when it's a black person, they end up dead. So, you know, and all of a sudden, oh, how long have you been holding that in? You're racist. I'm sorry. What? You asked me a question, sweetheart. I'm trying to help you out. Well, you know, I'm a stroke survivor. And you should. Uh, but honey, well, how do you think I'm even doing anything that I've done? Right. Right. Like, like I'm one, too. Are- People are uncomfortable with the the truth and they will fight tooth and nail to make whatever they feel come to fruition. You know, they'll they'll take it it could be honestly, it could be a story and it could be eight pages long. They'll find that one line and focus on that one line and ignore everything else to make their case. That's not okay. That's that's not, you know, look, black lives matter, period. And it's not that all lives don't all lives do matter, but. Black lives have not mattered. And until they actually do matter, to be honest, no lives really matter. You know, we're all in this. We're all in this together. And I love the analogy. The house is on fire. So you go into a neighborhood and there's one house on fire and the fireman, he's putting out the the, the house that's on fire. And then the other house is, yeah, but what about us? You know, what about (laughs) us? Yeah, you guys aren't on fire. To be honest, right now, the black community is on fire. Okay, so we have to put all our focus and energy until that fire is put out and then we are all even and ready to move forward as a people, not as black people, white people, Spanish people. No, no, no. As a people, you know, and in this country, we're, we're Americans as much as and I know sorry, this sounds so weird and I know it sounds the, the world is so crazy. The states where we live, it's so crazy right now that when you say that you know, Americans, it almost makes me feel like I'm racist. You know what I mean? This is what's really unfortunate. And it's the sad truth for me. When I see an American flag, my first thought of late is, wow, I probably, I'm pretty sure that dude is a white supremacist. Is that weird? You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm down in, down South, honey. I got to deal with the Confederate flag, okay? I got to oh work for you, do. How is that? How is that still a thing? <laughs> hey, what if they used to say, and the South should rise again? And I'm like, oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no. You guys are running behind. I live here in California and we're kind of ahead of the curve, you know, so we're we're in a good place. But still, there are some backwards thinking people that should probably move to Arkansas. <laughs> you, you know, it, it, it's just so we I want to have pride in my country. I do. My country has disappointed me severely, 
So if it, we're the land of the free. No, we're not. It's it's not the land of the free for a select few. It's a land of the free for all of us. And it's, oh, well, the immigrants. Yeah, we, we're all immigrants. We got here. This, this was crazy. Sorry, this is my, my favorite thing in the world. You saw my face. <laughs> this is my favorite thing in the world. Columbus discovered a land that had people on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just think about that. That's like somebody coming into your crib and taking your TV and be, look what I discovered. I discovered this television. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's people lived here. This was their land, but we're like, hey, look what I found. Now it's ours. That's so weird. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the Neuro Nerds on the Apple Podcast app today. I have been trying to be so professional out here because I know so many people like, oh my gosh, I want to listen. But listen... I've been wanting to say so bad. When people say that, I'm like, the only Christopher we acknowledge is Wallace. Biggie, baby, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, ooh. Oh, my gosh. Listen, yes. I already sent out messages to everybody in the organizations. I'm, with. I'm like, y'all, I'm doing a disclaimer. I promise. Like, I'm like, it's my views. <laughs> Not yeah, yeah, y'all. Yes, they are your views. And I got to tell you, Couture, I am right there with you 100%. Now your views, your look, everything that you're saying, you're not saying anything wrong. You're not. You're on the right side of history. There's a lot of people out there and you guys are going to be very disappointed in the very near future. We're on the right side of history. We are. You know, and the world's evolving, the world's changing. It's evolving and it's changing into a better place. I truly believe that. I have hope and I, I truly believe that's gonna happen. And I, I hope you feel the same. I hope you 2020. Feel the same. Can you imagine the children who have to study 2020 in the history books? Oh my god. <laughs> Woo, that's gonna be rough. Yeah, yeah. Oh my that's god. that's gonna be the, the badge of honor. Oh, you, you know what I did? I survived 2020. That's gonna be a t-shirt. I survived 2020. Hey, I did see something that actually made me feel a little bit better. So as crazy as the first half of 2020 has been, who's to say that the next few months can't be outstanding? Oh, I have full faith that it can get better. Full faith on that. Yeah. I'm a big fan, especially of late of energy. And if we all put our energy into looking at looking up, not looking back, not looking down, looking forward and looking up. All of this craziness, it's the contrast. We already went through that. Now, the flip side of this is going to be happiness and joy. Look, we have a black woman vice president in the running. That's a big deal. That's a very big deal. You know, even the fact that she's on the ticket, that's a bit, whatever happens, happens. But that is a huge deal. The world is evolving. The world is changing. You You know know what? Even with that, people right now are just, she's not really black. She's Jamaican. Chad, what do you think Jamaican is? (laughs) Come on, man. That that is, that is crazy. I, I, well, you, you've gotten it. I'm sure. My friend Courtney is the the first episode I did of Amplify Black Voices, and she had people tell her frequently, yeah, but you're not like black, black. What in the actual fuck does that mean? You know, like, I, I don't understand that way of thinking. I don't. It's so backwards. It's so ignorant. Uh, I can't stand it. I, I, I do because I've dealt with it. I did. Uh, for those of you who do not know what I look like, I am a lighter skinned black woman with natural red hair and freckles. So I've always, I used to get teased about that when I was a kid, you know, because I didn't look like everybody else. 
you know, everybody's all nice and brown and my little yellow, my high yellow self, or actually I don't even, some of my pictures, I wasn't even that. I was pale. I, I could, you could see that. You're kind of like rocking the debarge look, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you guys will see Katora's pictures. Katora's beautiful. She's a model for a reason, you know? Now, Thank you. I don't think anybody could ever say, well, she's not like black, black. Number one, that's ignorant. You're clearly a black woman. You're a beautiful black woman, you know? I've been mistaken for other things, actually. Well, actually, to me, even Latin is still, you know, that's Afro, like, Latina. Yeah, Afro Latino. Yeah, we, we honestly, I have the that in my only family. difference is, yeah, the only thing is, you know, I mean, the only difference. We are, we came from Africa is where the hell they dropped us off off the boat. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, that's why yeah. people yes, and it's really irritating for me because you know people used to tell my son's father all the time they're like, how did you get a Latina? He's like what? And he was like she's black. They were like no, she looks Dominican or Puerto Rican. And I was like, do I? And then when my son was born, they were telling me my baby looks uh. But he does like you have a little Latin baby. I'm like, why? Because his little hair, his little bangs come all the way down here. I wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> that's so that's so weird. Hey, people, people are people. You know what I mean? But hey, we're we're all growing. We are. Yeah, as absolutely. as a people, not as black people, as white people. As, no, no, no. We as, as a, a people, people, as a whole, we are growing as a whole. And Katora, yes. I'm very proud to say this worldwide. Worldwide, there are protests in I. My friend from Ireland sent me video of protests in the street for Black Lives Matter in Ireland. Yeah, in the U in the UK, they were mar- mm-hmm. marching the streets in in Yorkshire. It is, it's it's crazy. It's wild. It's it's sad a lot. It's very unfortunate. But you know what? This is a transformative time we're in, and I have all the hope in the world. You know. And I'm very confident in the future because of powerful black women like you raising powerful black black children <laughs> the right way. I really mean that. And I'm, I'm so thrilled. I'm so blessed to know you. And Katora, I want to thank you for giving us a second round and actually getting through an episode, unlike our first hey. run. <laughs> hey, NeuroNerds and Tora J Part do you guys. We made yeah. it work this time. It wasn't a series of unfortunate events. It was just that one at the beginning where I couldn't get it to come up on my computer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and now it was a series <laughs> of fortunate events, which is <laughs> great. And you know what? I, I love your the the fact that you're so hopeful. That you are, you have every reason and every just to be down, just to be angry and bitter, and you can point fingers, but you choose not to. You choose to rise, rise above, and I appreciate that so much. You know, uh, you really are, you really are a superhero. I think it's all the radiation that was pumped in you as a baby. Do you, can you fly, Katora? Honey, last time I got on a plane, I needed some Jack Daniels. <laughs> And the lady was like, ma'am, would you? Yes, I went to Year to Cure on the Hill 2017. And I was like, I hadn't been on a plane in 20 years. And the lady's like, ma'am, do you want some Coke or something with that? I'm like, <laughs> like it was gone. I'm like, honey, I have not been on the plane. My nerve, I am scared right now. Just let me have this one stiff drink, honey. Just, you know, like just this one time. Okay. I'll, I'll you know, out. it's, you can go from one moment. Oh man. I, I had to like drink myself into being on a plane, but you can have a gun pointed to your face and say, excuse me, officer, can you get that gun out of my face? 
It's amazing. You are one of the most fascinating all, people I did not I've ever say known. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you might have been like, a little bit. Uh, you might have been a little bit more colorful with your words. <laughs> I know, and still, like people of God are supposed to be listening to this, y'all. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> hey, hey, hey so this you you so have the earned... Lord is working on me, y'all. He's working on right, me. Uh... Right. Hey, hey, I, I always say this when I say something super inappropriate, it was like, hey, God gave me this sense of humor. Just saying, right? Hey, facts. It, facts. I love I love that. So so Katora, wh- where can the people find you? Ooh. Guys, my Insta is Tora underscore J T U R A H underscore J on Instagram, on Twitter. Child, we're just gonna leave that alone because I'm never even on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Katora White. And y'all can find me on Facebook. And I'm pretty sure you'll recognize my profile picture. There are quite a few of us actually. Honestly, there's, so, there's huh. quite a few Katuras. You are the only Katura I've ever met. Yes. And for people who do not know where my name comes from, Genesis 25 and 1. Yes, y'all. Biblical. Abraham's second wife. People always crack the joke. What did you do to the first one? First of all, I ain't no killer, <laughs> but don't push me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> okay. See, I've been trying. I, y'all, I've been trying to keep it professional. People are going to be like, Lord, this girl. You guys. Hey, um, I, I, yeah. hey, at least you didn't go into the second line of that song. I appreciate that. Oh, no, no. I'm trying to play it safe here. I, I hey. you know, I'm trying to be a decent mother over here because my you kids absolutely are still are. up. You are more <laughs> than, than decent. You're an absolute rock star warrior queen. I really, truly am in awe of you as a woman, as a parent, as a survivor. Really, Katora, I'm so impressed by who you are at your core. The fact that you have to deal with all this stuff in Arkansas. I can't stress that enough. You're in Arkansas. This shit is wild, you gonna, Katora. You go stick with that. You go stick I, I, on that one. In Arkansas. I had a friend that moved from Arkansas to Virginia because Arkansas was a little bit too much. To Virginia. <laughs> just I think I'm used to it because I'm I think I'm I'm just used to it. I mean, I was pretty much spent the most of my life the majority here but seriously you guys it has been absolutely crazy you know it's, especially since 45 has been in office you yeah. know it's been kind of rough yeah i've had you know men who are not of color okay we'll, we'll just put it that way have the audacity to say things like well i need a black woman to show me a good time if you don't get out my inbox and go sit down somewhere <laughs> like, like sir sir hey, as- as a guy, I, I fancy, like, I'm a pretty good dude, Katora. I was raised by all women. I'm very respectful. That being said, I'm disgusting. I'm a guy, you know, but I'm a very nice guy. I can only imagine the just, the not even the thirst, like, just the gross thirst that just creeps into your inbox. inbox. Guys, be cool. You know what I mean? Be cool. Be nice. Be, be caring, right? Don't Respect. be disgusting. Hey, you know the correct term? Come correct. I'm correct, fellas. Come correct. You're damn right. Or you're gonna get somebody. Or Katora's gonna hit you with a right to the jaw, right? (laughs) No, 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 no. Look, a two piece and a biscuit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> like I said, Katora is an absolute warrior queen. I can't thank you enough for, for being on and sharing your story and sharing your perspective during, you know, the craziness that is the world right now. The fact that you are a three-time stroke survivor, the fact that you are a woman of color, a mother of color in Arkansas, always going to hammer that in, you know? A model, an advocate, an absolute superhero, Katora. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Everybody out there, follow Katora. As always, you can follow, you can, well, now I'm going to go into our socials. You can follow Lauren at Lauren L. Manzano on Instagram. You can follow me at Joe So Rocks everywhere. You can follow us, the Neuro Nerds, at everywhere. And on that, yeah. If I can, for one second, you guys, all of you that are listening, especially those of you who not, y'all just are not of color, okay? But you claim you love somebody of color. So this is what you need to do. Be an ally. Have our back during this time. Please listen to us. Those of you, even if you got that badge on, but there's a black person you talking about, I love you, you my friend. Listen, I don't want to hear about all that right now. Just listen to us. That's all we need. I don't need you to take up for anybody else. We need someone to hear us right now. And some of y'all aren't doing that. Right now, the world is, y'all know what it is. It is what it is, plain and simple. I don't have to tell you. Make sure to show love, okay? That is so important right now. People are killing themselves. Everything is happening in this moment. I have lost people from COVID-19. I myself possibly had COVID-19 when I couldn't even breathe <laughs> at the beginning of the year. So I know what that's like to feel like, you know, I might not make it. I'm scared to go to sleep because I might not wake up. I know what that's like. Be mindful of others. Please have some sense about yourselves. Show wisdom because some of y'all are not showing wisdom right now. Just be kind. It does not take much effort. It does not. It takes so much more effort to be hateful and so much more energy to be hateful. Y'all, seriously, you know what? I'm going to leave that there. I ain't even going to go in here and be rambling. Huh? Tour J out, baby. Tour your rocks up. So it is. We're not asking much. We're asking for the bare minimum. You want to know what the bare minimum is? Don't say anything. Keep that to yourself. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. And it takes more energy to say all this negative shit. It does. Joe, I'm over here. Shut your ass up. <laughs> you, you, you heard it from Katora's mouth. You Yo, shut I'm your so ass sorry. up. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> no, no. Sorry, Grandma. I am not sorry. Remember that. Remember those words, those iconic words from Katora White. Shut your ass, ass up. up. And on that beautiful note, be kind to one another, wear a mask, <laughs> wash your hands, Black Lives Matter. I'm here and to amplify out. black voices because that's what needs to happen right now. Be an advocate, be a friend, be a partner. We're all in this together and together that's how we're going to get through this. That being said, Katora, we out. <laughs> that was awesome, Katora. Thank you so much. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on.